Good morning, this is Andy Odie with Live Sotheby's International Realty here in the Vale Valley. And this morning, I am having a conversation with Glenn Norgard with Sotheby's International Realty in New York, New York. Hello, Glenn, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful, Andy, how are you? Thank you for having me. Well, I am terrific considering I am sitting out here with the birds chirping this morning with the sunshine crystal, those bluebird days that we are known for here in Colorado. And uh, so I am delighted to have you on the phone and have a conversation about New York and sharing with everyone uh, not only about the current uh, status, what you're seeing in New York, as well as uh, what a little bit more about you and your clients and just several different things we want to chat about this morning. So it, first of all, let's start out with a little background uh, sure. with you and just tell me and everyone else, um, you know, where you grew up, what's your status? Sure. Well, I grew up in Westchester County, which is a suburb of New York City. I grew up in Mamaroneck. And uh, after graduating there, I went to Cornell, where I have two, uh, two degrees, an engineering degree and a psychology degree. And worked for a few years in Anderson Consulting and information design. And when I was 29, got into real estate. So I've been selling real estate now for 26 years, and 21 of them at Sotheby's. Um, in uh, their Manhattan office. So I have a lot of experience. I've only done it in Manhattan and Brooklyn. I've never sold elsewhere. So I have a, you know, a really real knowledge about that market. Um, That's great because as we know, New York is quite spread out, lots of different areas. And good to know those are your areas specific to you. I don't know if you know this, but I actually was born in New York on Long Island. And oh. I, I do get reminded of that occasionally because a New York word will come out of my mouth after only living there seven <laughs> years of my life and go, okay, I truly was born in New York. <laughs> Where in Long Island were you? Were you? Uh, actually, I was born in Freeport and lived in the final destination uh, before I moved out west was Great Neck, New York. Ah, all right. Yeah. Great Neck. Great Gatsby. Ah, there you go. <laughs> One of these days I'll get back there. So, honestly... I mean, I would love to hear a little bit more about New York and, and a couple things such as, hey, you being the true New Yorker, you know, like for people with me who haven't been there for years and years and years or people that have never been there before, you know, what's the true insider, you know, uh, secret here of New York that some people don't know about? Sure. Well, you know, um, as you mentioned, New York is a very big place. And, uh, you know, I've been living in Manhattan since 1991, just after college. You know, in the city, um, I kind of like to think of it as one big liquid. It is always changing. You know, what you see this year can be very different next year. Um, you know, the neighborhoods are fluid. They, they come and go based on um, prices and real estate people's opinions of, uh, uh, of their convenience in terms of creating a lifestyle. The, um, you know, when I first moved to the city, there were definite pockets of, you know, there were some dangerous streets to walk on. There were definitely places you didn't go. However, over time, we have been finding that as you know, more and more people have been moving to New York, 
all of those dangerous parts or the, or the more difficult parts to live in had been pushed out. And so Manhattan, for the most part, there's really no difficult or dangerous section of town anymore, which is nice. Um, it's also uh, been, you know, we've been witnessing since 1990, the mid-90s, you know, a march up in prices uh, and values of real estate as as uh, the years have gone on, you know, with hiccups in between. Uh, you know, prices have gone down at some points, but for the most part have come up. Um, I thought I'd share a little bit about um, the mood in New York right now um, with uh, coronavirus and everything and its impact being sort of the epicenter for so many weeks. And then I thought I'd share a little bit about what um, uh, we're doing now that what uh, we're able to show uh, real estate against. So I thought I'd focus on those two things next. The, um, the mood in New York right now is sort of one of anticipation uh, when had the, the shutdown come March 20th, you know, it was a very difficult place to be in Manhattan. There was a lot of, um, you know, the numbers were going up very quickly every day. Frequently, you would hear ambulance sirens in the streets, so you heard that there were people ill. Um, it was a very sort of somber thing, because we're so used to seeing the city streets filled with people. You'd walk out to get a cup of coffee, and you wouldn't see one person for blocks. And so it was not life as usual. One thing, New Yorkers are very vibrant. Uh, after about a week or so, you know, with everybody, um, you know, wanting to support the first responders, the doctors and the police and the firemen and all that, every night at 7 o'clock, I don't know how this started, but people started opening their windows, clapping, shouting, um, just for about three or four minutes, just to sort of support everybody that was really giving of themselves in the front lines. And what I this hat this went on for about five or six weeks. Um, every night it seemed to get louder and louder and louder. And I have to say, one thing speaking with my colleague friends in New York, it was really something we looked forward to because there was such a sense of solidarity in that sort of three or four minutes, and it happened every night at seven. And it kind of made you realize that we are truly all in this together. So the mood, you know, that was then. You know, over time, as people have been living in the city, a number of customers of mine, you know, eager to get uh, out of the city, wound up doing uh, summer rentals, some out in the Hamptons, up in Greenwich. I know there was a lot of demand. Some of my friends went up to Vermont or the Berkshires uh, just to get out of the city for the summer. Many of them have children, and they didn't want their children to be stuck in an apartment all summer, so they uh, temporarily have left. Now that we're sort of three months into it and we're sort of, and we're opening up again as of yesterday, um, we're starting to see, you know, people whose attitude at the very beginning were like, I'm never coming back. Now that you're three months into it, they're realizing, you know, I really do want to come back. Uh, New York offers a lot. It's not going to be offered right now because we're in a very slow reopening. Restaurants are finally opening up for some capacity. Um, Broadway will be shut down probably through the uh, beginning of next year. Some insider friends of mine that are producers are, are mentioning that. Um, and um, so it's going to be a slower comeback to New York. But the people that I've been speaking with, for the most part, do want to come back at some point and in some shape or form. Yeah, that's interesting because as I've mentioned before in my blogs and some other podcasts and videos that I've done. It, it truly is a different experience for everyone, every different place. I mean, even within, I'm sure, New York with different experiences over there, even here in Colorado and Vail, it's truly a different experience than even Denver and even in another mountain town. 
And along the lines, I want to back up a little bit that you mentioned about the clapping. Um, here in our area, it was the howling at, uh, at 8 p.m was the howling going on. So isn't that funny? It's just, yeah. you know, it's it's consistent yet not consistent. We here in our area, um, we got hit really early on over here. And then, uh, then we really adapted quite quickly and a beautiful place to adapt because we're in a mountain town and not as, you know, not as crowded and congested. So we're kind of the test uh, pit here just to see how it's happening because people are re-emerging over here. So interesting just to kind of compare the two areas of the timing and what how people are reacting and such. So um, going back to now with the market of just reopening now with the restaurants and also with the with the real estate, talk a little bit now about the showings and what's taking place um, there now. Sure, sure. You know, so as of yesterday, um, New York City entered phase two of the governor's reopening plan. And phase two with regard to real estate allows brokers now to do in-person showings. However, that said, um, there are a lot of very specific guidelines that we must follow to ensure the safety of both our sellers who may be living in the space or and the customers and other brokers who are coming. So to that end, the Real Estate Board of New York has uh, put into place a couple of disclosures that we need to have signed each time we show a property that basically is a, it's a limitation of liability waiver that just highlights to uh, everybody entering another, uh, someone else's home that COVID exists, that this is a risk, that you might contract something during this, you know, this, this, uh, this uh, viewing, and just to be mindful of certain procedures. For example, the listing agent will be the only one to open closets and drawers. Um, the, uh, we have to minimize the number of people at each showing. In fact, the, they don't want the buyer's agent to be present at the showing, but they can be present through FaceTime or Zoom. So the, over the past several weeks, uh, a number of agents have been learning those tools so that we can conduct, um, uh, have as many people included on the showing, just not all physically present, to minimize um, any potential spread of the virus. Right. You know, so it's, you know, and so for each show, we actually have to have this waiver signed by every buyer. Mm -hmm. And if they don't sign it, we actually have the right to uh, refuse the appointment. It's, it's very, very specific. I mean, one thing that New York, or at least the governor, if you've been following the news, he was very specific to let the data and the science guide his decision-making regarding reopening. Mm -hmm. And he, he hasn't sort of pussyfooted around. I mean, he's really been very specific about this. And these guidelines are all meant to be um, uh, put in place to make sure that we minimize any spread of the virus. That's right. You know, oftentimes on an appointment in New York, we'd have both brokers. We might have, you know, the, um, the, the buyer, a friend of the buyer, the children of the buyer. There can be anywhere from three to six people in an appointment. Now they're wanting us to limit that to uh, just really the main buyer mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, uh, the listing agent. Right. Yeah. We're seeing something similar here. Now you have like phase one, phase two over here being a ski mountain. We had 
green, blue, and black that relate to the, the ski yeah, runs. I that. The easy... I that was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um, but similar things, we have some disclosures and limiting of you know of the amount of people going in, the gloves, the yeah. you know the listing broker. So it's adapting. It's, it's adapting for everyone, both the agents, brokers, buyers, sellers. But uh, interesting. So also recap a little bit about what's happening in the markets the high-end market and also are are mostly the people that you work with or that are there now with the showings are they in-house do they live in the home or is there a mixture but just give a recap of what's happening on the market on that sure you know each the beginning of each week on monday i look at the market um to see what has gone to contract in the past seven days at four million dollars and above just to get a sense of what, I mean, that's kind of what we consider our higher end in New York. So just to compare, you know, I, I looked at the stats in, in preparation for our call today. In the last 13 weeks, which is basically the period that we were shut down, mm -hmm. this year there were exactly 53 contracts signed, and that totaled $427 million in sales volume. If we compare this to the same 13 weeks in 2019, last year, mm -hmm. instead of 53 contracts, there were 272 signed for a total of $2.6 billion. Right. So that is, so while other parts of the country we've seen, um, you know, the, the uh, uh, increases in sales activity, New York has been temporarily um, uh, devastated by, you know, in the past 13 weeks. Now, that said, I've been doing this for so long, 26 years. There's always a consistent amount of property that transacts in Manhattan each uh, each month. There's about a thousand to 1,200 properties that go into contract. What so t about 12 to 14,000 sales a year. So whenever there is something in the world that prevents that sort of consistent number from happening, at some point the floodgates open and we get back to business as usual and then there's a little bit of a rush or a frenzy yeah. uh, for all that pent-up demand now in this instance because it's we're not flicking the switch and all of a sudden today everything is back to normal we're not anticipating that we're going to have this sort of rush or frenzy it's going to be more of a slower trickle people mm -hmm. have done rentals for the entire summer there will be some that come back some that will come back in the fall so what we're anticipating is those people that really want to make decisions and stay, they'll be making them, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, carefully. They won't have, as the, we don't anticipate bidding wars unless there's something that really is underpriced. Mm -hmm. um, so we're expecting sort of a slower comeback, but we are expecting it to, uh, to come back. And did you want to touch upon some of the pricing of those properties? Yeah, the, um, you know, I, I can just use some of my listings, for example. Um, I have a listing in West Chelsea that is a 1,600 square foot condominium. It's a two-bedroom plus a home office, which doesn't have windows, but it could be used as sort of a third third bedroom. It's about a half a block from the Avenues School, which is one of the one of the better uh, private schools in Manhattan. You can walk to it; it's like right down the corner. So we listed this just before the um, before the, uh, the in early March, just before all this happened. We had six showings in the first week, and then everything's been silent. But now that we actually have phase two happening, I've had three calls on the apartment the past two days. Wow. Yeah. In yeah. terms of pricing, <laughs> when um, buyers 
are all asking, you know, well, what is the discount for the, for the coronavirus? Like, what can we negotiate off? Well, I've always believed in letting data and closed sales data sort of be our guide. In New York City, there's a fair lag time between an event like this happening and then when we have more sales and closings to be able to determine what the true impact was. So we're not going to see a real downturn, if at all, in our numbers for six to eight months. So when a seller asks me, you know, should we come back on the market at a lower number, I don't have the data to say, well, data says we should come back maybe this percentage off. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we come back at the same number and we let the buyer tell us what they think the discount should be. And then we see if that makes sense in terms of the plans of the seller and what they want to do. Yes, I agree. It's interesting because we had a little bit of something similar here because we were, same thing, it happened all in March. That's going right into the peak spring winter ski season and everything shut down. And there were some buyers with that same question saying, okay, I should be getting X amount off now. Well, not necessarily because, you know, again, like you reiterated, the buyers will determine. We, as agents and brokers, we do not determine the selling price. It really is what someone is willing to pay for the property. And, okay. and sellers here, especially right in the core of Vale, um, said, hey, we're going to wait and see. They either took some of their properties off um, and they really held on pretty strong um, to saying, no, I'm going to wait it out. A few did maybe if they were under contract, got creative. I had that on a couple of creative, but I, actually on my, I had four or five properties under contract during that time. One fell out just because it was a Vale Village and he was basing uh, his uh, rental income coming in, and because that was an unknown, that fell out. But all the other ones, there were no price discounts at the closing. There was one little creativity uh, just because the lending uh, parameters changed a little bit, and, and we just had to get a little bit creative on something but I had a couple of them that closed at full price so and being that it was the Vale Valley we have the Vale Village you have these bedroom communities you have outside that are more for people that are looking for full-time or truly a second home that knew for the lifestyle uh, that's what they're here for uh, it's not for how much you know they're making on the rental. They're coming out here. They want to live out here, and and we're seeing that more and more now. Just so uh, people on your end that are listening understand what's happening here, we've been quite active. Of course, we were slow, like you experienced during that March, and everyone, I think, for the most part, just they wanted to wait and see, digest everything, and now we are definitely seeing an influx of activity. And for example, in May, we had about uh, 119 properties go under contract versus 104 in 
2019 so we were definitely up all of a sudden the confidence consumer confidence came up for this area and and even june now i am really waiting to see what the final number is for under contracts in june but from june 1st until today we have 151 properties that went under contract that is definitely higher than any month of uh, the year that properties go under contract. And it's for different price points. It's for the lower price points, mid, upper. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. And we're, we're seeing people from New York. We're seeing people from Chicago, from Miami, a lot of the cities that really got hit. Not to necessarily say they're selling out from where you are, but but really some some are deciding to relocate just because of more remote working and the capability of that uh, and the experience of it that they weren't sure if they could uh, keep continuing on with business and being successful remote working which I think a lot of companies have realized they can but also just to have a home that if something else in the future right we had the 9-11 yeah. that you know that you were right right there with you know 9 11 yeah, people happen. yep you saw that happen people reevaluated their lives now you have this then we had some of the repercussions of some of the other um protests and whatnot so people are really reevaluating their lifestyles and just having a place they can call home here in the mountains that uh to live in the lifestyle to just enjoy it even though if things aren't fully opened up they're enjoying the outdoors, as you can probably hear in the background, the birds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, a nice and, summer day. Yeah, nice summer day. And so that's what we're really experiencing here. So the people that thought that the prices that they were going to get this deep discount has not. That is quite the opposite that's happened here. People are really rediscovering this area and some other mountain towns. And that's what we're seeing over here. You know, what's interesting is that in 2020 with you know the technology is so much more advanced than even three or four years ago you know come Jan this january of this year so many of us had never heard of zoom and now we're all you know professionals at using zoom but it works because we have iphones we have high-speed internet that accesses a lot of places that before were that maybe didn't have the same capability and so we have technology that enables us to be in so many different places and truly be available, which we didn't have just a couple of years ago. That's and with the implementation of 5G at some point, yep. it's only going to make the, that, that all the more easy. Right. And so that is going to uh, enable people to make more choices and, and, and probably also to give them the comfort level of having a place in the city you know, where they have their business and where they enjoy just the whole energy of being in the city, but then also having a second home because they can work from what you're saying with the remote working and the capability of technology. And so they're being more comfortable having that second home instead of just coming here for a vacation and running. Because uh, we're also seeing people that are looking to rent here for not just a week, but for a month, two months, three months. Mm -hmm. And so that's changing also 
the dynamics of what type of properties people are looking for with with uh, office capability like you said with your listing that's a bedroom plus an office I think more people are looking for office space even mm -hmm. if it's just a little area so yeah it's 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 fascinating it's it's adapting and pivoting in the times we kind of all got into a forced adapting and pivoting and if mm -hmm. you haven't then maybe you're going to be left behind a little, but it, it also offers opportunity, I feel, um, for those that get creative and, and also opportunities for new businesses because of the technology. So I think we'll see some of that as well. So, um, well, very, very interesting. Any other points that I missed upon that you want to share? Um, I think we touched on everything that I was hoping to get through. You know, when you mentioned just when uh, people wanting to do a, a, you know, a longer rental, it's always been my dream to sort of rent a month or two in the middle of the season in Vail. I've been there a number of times, and um, I would love to do that at some point. Yeah, well, so. I'm sure you'll have more opportunities to do that. <laughs> so, And make sure everyone knows you are very familiar with the Vail Valley. You have relatives yeah. that live here. You've been out here as you mentioned, you know, seven plus times and you're familiar with the different neighborhoods. So yeah. we are both happy to connect each other with people that um, we trust and know that we can take care of each other's clients. And, you know, there's plenty of neighborhoods here and, and that's what it's about, making sure that we connect people with other people that can answer questions for them. So this has been very insightful and look forward to getting this out. I'll make sure people can contact you directly as well. Hopefully they mentioned that they heard us on this podcast, which I'm just getting ready to launch this podcast right now. It's called uh, Life and Style at 8150 with Andy Odie. And so I'll get you that info so you can get that out to your folks. And again, Glenn, any, uh, any direction you want me to point them for you on uh, or just give them your contact information sure, sure just please go ahead and feel free to give them my contact information and just uh, just mention how um, they came to to learn of me you know I focus on Manhattan and parts of Brooklyn and I'm interested in developing relationships so if it's just to answer some questions that's fine if they're actively engaged and want to find something to buy or rent that's fine too that's right. That, that's great. That's how I am. It's all about the relationship and sharing what I'm passionate about, the, the mountains here, because I've been here over 36 years in the Vail Valley. My dad wrote books on real estate, lectured on real estate. So I came from a real estate background, so it truly is in my blood. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> okay. Well, well, with that, we're going to sign off. And thank you again, Glenn, for your time. And I know we'll see you soon here, maybe in the Big Apple or over here on the mountains on the ski slope. Sounds great. Thanks okay. for your time. Tonight. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.